You are tuned in to Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast, sharing Indigenous history, topics, and community stories. Hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. more opportunities than we've ever had before right now today we have better access to education we have better access to different platforms to be heard Mm -hmm. we have the right to vote now yes and there was a time when you know we were being treated like animals like savages Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i really feel like our ancestors their minds would just be blown by how much we're able to do and how much we could accomplish if mm-hmm. we just try. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So let's not let our ancestors down, for everyone. Sure, no. <laughs> they made a lot of sacrifices for us to be where we are today. And yep. every one of us is a survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, we're descended from strong people when we're still here. So let's honor their sacrifices and their legacy by doing the best we can. Thanks for tuning in to episode 17, where we will talk about the importance of Native voting. Today's guest is with the Pima County Recorder's Office, Stephanie Homiwatiwa, who is the Thawna Autumn Nation's Voter Outreach Coordinator. She's here today to share her expertise on the topic. And with that said, I'm going to go ahead and give the mic over to her so she can introduce herself. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Stephanie Homiwaitiwa, and I'm with the Pima County Recorder's Office. My family comes from Sifoidic District, Kakapur Village. My father is Ronald Homiwaitiwa. My grandmother is Mabel Tashquint, and my grandfather is Theodore Homer Homiwaitiwa. And uh, I'm a graduate of Hashan Preparatory. Uh, Class of 2005. Woo! Uh, Woo! woo. (laughs) (laughs) And I graduated from Brown Mackey College. I pursued my master's degree at the University of Phoenix Mm -hmm. in healthcare administration. And um, today I work for the recorder. Awesome. Shout out to Hashem Prep. They're an awesome school. I've worked with them in the past. So they're good people out there. All right. Well, getting into our first question, how did you get involved in the process of voting? Well, um, I began at the recorder's office in uh, September 2019. I had trouble finding a position in my uh, field of study, healthcare mm-hmm. administration, and I filled out an application after I came across the position online, and mm-hmm. I thought, no, they're not going to call me back. And <laughs> so I, time went on, and they called me. Wow. So they ended up giving me the position, and it's been amazing. Um, I've learned a tremendous amount about mm-hmm. voting since I've been there. Yeah. And how much work it takes to uh, run an election and yeah. uh, to register voters and all the rules and procedures. And, wow. Um, now I have a whole new understanding of elections and voting and um, I can tell you that everyone in our office works very hard awesome. uh, to help our voters, domestic and overseas. And wow, really? Yeah, yeah. There, there's some really amazing people down there. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, your title is 
pretty specific. Thana Autumn Nation's Voter Outreach Coordinator. What is so? What does that mean? Uh, that means that I go out to uh, the Thana Autumn Nation and I speak to people about voting, doing a lot of voter education, um, voter drives to get people registered, just a lot of outreach and to let people know that we're here and we're here for you. And my goal is to make sure as many Autumn voices as possible are heard during our mm-hmm. elections. So, you know, in the past or in history, I guess there has there's there's been barriers, there's been misunderstandings as far mm-hmm. as voting goes. Why hasn't voting been easy in Native American communities? And what are some of those barriers if any? And do any of them exist today? You know, it hasn't always been easy for Native voters. Here in Arizona, we didn't Mm -hmm. have the right to vote until 1948. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's not that long ago. So it's... You know, pretty mind blowing to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some elders out there that remember a time they couldn't vote. Yeah, you know. So it wasn't until 1970 when they passed the Voting Rights Act that they removed like the literacy requirement, um, oh, okay. and that was the the removal of the barriers, and it freed us all up to vote mm-hmm. around the nation. Today we face different challenges, like uh, lack of transportation. Uh, lack of traditional addresses, yeah, um, because a residential address is a requirement. Oh yeah, to, to register to vote. There is limited outreach and resources mm-hmm. to Native nations. The other thing is a lack of voter education, and then even felony convictions. Yeah, um, a lot of our members, you know, unfortunately have experienced a felony conviction mm-hmm. and. I was uh, surprised at the amount of people who don't realize that their rights can be restored to vote. I think the more people know and understand about the process of voting and voter registration and how the elections work, they're better equipped to participate in the elections. Yes. And I think that um, as long as the recorder's office continues to reach out to Native nations mm-hmm. and uh, that tribal leadership continues to support the efforts, the louder Native voices will be at the ballot box. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you for answering that question. Of course, yes. So this is a population that is becoming energized and seeing non-tribal elections uh, as an important topic or something to really be a part of. Why do you think that is? I think part of it is because we're no longer isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us are leaving to go to school out of state or leaving our hometowns, Yeah, um, whether that's on the reservation or off. We're having more experiences with the wider world, Mm -hmm. and social media has done a lot to give us more platforms and a Mm -hmm. huge window into other worlds and other lives and other cultures. And um, I think it's really done a lot to call attention to issues that concern Native people, like we had Standing Rock and the Dakota Pipeline. Mm -hmm. And so with these different platforms, um, we're able to reach more people, even non-natives, and just call attention to the things that are concerning to our people. And I think that's why people are starting to get more energized to Mm -hmm. vote in non-tribal elections. Yes. um, Because they're starting to see that the decisions that are made at federal and state levels affect Native people. All right. And how does your faith in the election process look like when sharing voter information in the local Native communities? 
when I go out and I share information with the communities, um, I try to provide as much information as I can, mm -hmm. as accurately as possible. And if I don't know the answer to a question, I'll take your information and I'll get you the information as soon as I have it. That's good. Um, it's constant learning that way for me, too. <laughs> Before I came to the recorder's office, I thought, you know, like many people do, that, you know, the system fails and... Yeah. Um, there's a growing reliance on technology that leaves our elections vulnerable to mm. hackers and mm -hmm. things like that. Or that, you know, even the the integrity of our elections can be compromised from within, you know. Yeah. And um, now that I've been there and I see what goes on and I understand, especially after going through the uh, elections official training, I see now that there are so many securities in place and procedures and fail safes and so yeah you know if you vote here in Pima County you can rest assured that your vote's going to be counted mm -hmm. and it's going to be secure so I I think that helps a lot when I'm out there telling people you got to vote it's it's yeah. okay it's secure yeah. it's safe and it's good that you make that point about being secure and about being safe because I think that in today's world, yeah, that's definitely the forefront of everybody's mind when it comes to something that is digitized, online, data collecting. Absolutely. So thank you for being out there and doing the work that you do. I think it is really important, especially when you're reaching out into Native communities. Well, it's definitely my pleasure. I I love doing it. I love mm -hmm. being out there. When I was a little girl, I used to tell my dad, I'm going to go to school and be a lawyer and I'm yeah. going to, you know, make them stand by the trees. <laughs> and, you know, cool. And nice. I'm, I wasn't cut out for law school, but, <laughs> um, but I feel like now I'm doing something to help my people. Yeah. And I, it's something I really, truly believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think we all deserve to be heard, maybe more than anyone. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes, very true. So what type of educational outreach events have you hosted or participated in, in whether it's on Thanawatham Nation or in other tribal communities or even here in, in Trukshan? Um, well, so far I've been to a community meeting at Sanavir District. Oh, okay. Um, I'm planning a presentation at Safoidic pretty soon, and then um, I requested to uh, be present at the Wak Powwow. So oh, I can nice. so um, you like a table there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just you know, do a little voter drive, a little education. Okay, nice. Most recently, I spent um, all three days out at the uh, Thanatham Rodeo and Fair. Oh yeah. So that was really cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Did you get um, a lot of uh, people sign up to vote? Um, I think it was about nineteen. Okay. And. Um, then there were some more people that took forms home either, you know, mm -hmm. for their kids or their grandchildren. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll think about it kind of people. Yeah. So that's still hopeful. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Send for those sure. Forms back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, hopefully I'll be going to more districts and my goal mm -hmm. is to visit every district um, for a district meeting or a community meeting before October. Because yeah. Because then you get the big election in November and it's yeah. going to be huge. That's I want to sure. get as much out there as I can. So why should more Native people participate in state and federal elections? Well, it's uh, because so many decisions are made at the state and federal levels that affect us, whether it's mining in Apache land or water rights, land rights, border walls, um, education, grant funding, all those things affect Native people in our communities. And 
I believe that's part of looking out for each other is to get out there and make your voice heard so that, you know, you can help make decisions that are going to have a positive effect on your communities and, you know, affect your neighbors and friends and family in a positive way. Uh, Voting is how we build the communities that we want to live in. Yeah, and it's good that you brought up Uh, some examples of why it's important to vote or participate in the state and federal elections. And I was just looking at a list. So key issues that bring Native people to the ballot box are things like tribal government sovereignty, Mm -hmm. Indian child welfare, education, water, energy, gaming, Mm -hmm. environmental impact issues, and federal budget and spending. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all those things are super important, and we, we really need to pay attention and, mm-hmm. you know, make ourselves heard, say, hey, we're still here, and this is what we think. Awesome. Well, uh, how have you reached out to the younger populations? I've reached out to the uh, Thano the Youth Council oh, cool. to find out when I can make a presentation to them. I would love to get into the schools and do presentations for the kids. Yes. Um, I think the younger they are... You know, when we start to teach these things, the more it'll stick with them. How do you begin to introduce the voting process to these (laughs) young people? Because I'm sure it takes a little bit more explaining what it's like, what examples. What do you do to capture their interest in helping them to understand the importance? Well, you want to kind of keep it age appropriate and, you Mm -hmm. know, keep it simple. You don't want to overwhelm them with you know, too much technical (laughs) stuff. But usually the best way is to hold a mock election in the classroom and have them choose, you know, what's better. You vote for Pepsi or Coke or Paw Patrol or PJ Masks or, you know, things like that to help, you know, get them to understand that this is how it works. Okay. Um, So that's that's the best way, I think. And then if you get to high schoolers, you can, you know, make it a little more in-depth just, Mm -hmm. you know, the further you go. And I think, yeah, an example, especially being in high school, you know, when you vote for Mr. and Miss, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a pretty cool uh, way to engage them in the process. Yeah, just a a little way to introduce them. And then, and it seems fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They seem to like it. Cool. So as far as voter information goes, where can you register to vote in Pima County? You can register online at recorder.pima.gov or uh, through the Secretary of State's office, which is azsos.gov. There's also the MVD website, which is Service Arizona, all spelled out. I think it's .com. Uh, We also have registration forms available at all the district offices, um, any Pima County Public Library. Uh, You can find them at post offices sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes if you go to the DES office, you'll be able to do it there. So there's all kinds of ways to register to vote. And what are the requirements, if any? You have to be at least to be at least eighteen. Okay. And you should have your driver's license or Arizona ID. You can use your tribal ID to enroll. Uh, you need a residential address. If it's a rural route or a non-traditional address, you should also provide us with a mailing address uh, where we can send you you know, your ballots and your voter card and everything. And then you have to, for Pima County, you have to be a resident of Pima County at least 29 days. 
Um, the way it is now is uh, the county recorder's office will recognize your residential address if you live at, you know, Highway 86, Milepost 17. Um, you can just put Zero West Sells Village and then put your mailing address and oh, that okay. should, that'll count for your residential, Zero West and then your village or your district. So they could use a physical address in that way. Yes, that's uh, the best way to do it um, if you live on the nation. So do you just focus on Thana Otham or do you focus on other Native communities here in Tucson? No, I'm strictly uh, Thana Otham Outreach. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And, you know, registering to vote is half the battle. The rest of it is being informed and actually going out and participating. Mm -hmm. um, we like to encourage the ballot by mail. Um, when you oh, register, okay, yeah. you can sign up for the permanent early voting list, and you'll get a ballot every time there's an election that you're eligible for. Yeah. And you'll get in the mail with an envelope, and you just send it right back when you voted. Yeah. So that's really convenient, you know, mm -hmm. like vote from home. You can also request a ballot by mail. Uh, that's just a one-time thing um, if you don't feel like joining the permanent early voting list. Yeah, and you know, as far as voting in Native communities, you know that Arizona is home to the nation's third largest Native American population. Yes. So we should we should be engaged. It could be so powerful, you know, yes. if every one of us decided to go out and vote. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I think about a lot is, you know, how there's so many of us and, you know, the nation is just so vast. It's huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yes. know? And if we all got out there and, you know, made ourselves heard, we could really, mm -hmm. really make a difference. Yes. So educating both voter and candidates alike to learn more about the needs and concerns of what the voters are seeking. It's not always just about the voters going out to vote, but it's also swaying candidates to understand the issues, the concerns and how they could win votes. Right. Yes. And that's the thing is that's how, you know, your vote counts because mm -hmm. they're out there, you know, and they're trying so hard to get you to vote for them. Yeah. So, you know, you got to look into your candidates. You got to look into your issues. I think it's better not to, you know, just, you know, do what your friends are going to do or, yeah. you know, look into the candidates. It's it's OK to be a Democrat. It's OK to be a Republican. Mm -hmm. It's important that you just get out there and vote. You vote. Mm -hmm for the person who you feel represents your interest the best. Yes. That's the the bottom line. It doesn't matter, you know, what party they belong to. Do you believe in the candidate? So and choosing people that we think help represent us the best is the best thing that we, we can do. Yeah. Um, we've got our first two Native Congress women now. Yes. So, yeah. You want to name them? Uh, Deb Halen mm -hmm. from New Mexico and uh, Sherry Davis. Davids. Sharice Davids, I believe her name is. Yes. Even with that, encouraging more Native leaders to run for local, state, and federal office. Yes. And that's how they get there. You vote for them. Yes, <laughs> you know, for sure. Let's lift each other up and, mm -hmm. you know, get some, some real eyes on our communities. Yes. Some people who understand where we're coming from and what our issues are. And that's really one of the greatest things so far. I mean, modern natives have more opportunities than we've ever had before right now today. Yes. We have better access to education. We have better access to 
different platforms to be heard. Mm-hmm. We have the right to vote now. Yes. You know? And there was a time when, you know, we were being treated like animals, like savages, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I really feel like our ancestors, their minds would just be blown by how much we're able to do and how much we could accomplish if mm-hmm. we just try. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So let's not let our ancestors down, for everyone. Sure, no. <laughs> they made a lot of sacrifices for us to be where we are today. And yep. every one of us is a survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, we're descended from strong people when we're still here. So let's honor their sacrifices and their legacy by doing the best we can. Yep, that's for sure. Well said. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, I'm going to get into my closing thoughts. But before I do, is there any last things that you want to say? Any shout outs that you're thinking of? <laughs> Feel free to do that right now. Uh, shout out Class 2005, <laughs> Hashan. Yes. Um, shout out Sephoidic District. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Um, in conclusion, I just um, want to mention some important yeah. dates coming up. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're getting ready for the presidential preference election. That's going to be on March 17th. So it's only open for the registered Democrats. And if you want to participate in this one in your, you know, different party, you can always update your registration and join the Democrat party. You can change it back after if you want. But you have to do it by February 18th. Okay. Um, If you want to request an early ballot, you have until March 6th to do that. And uh, we'll start sending out the early ballots on February 19th. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, right now, I'm just going to go ahead and get into my closing thoughts before we end the episode. So as we all know, many tribal communities have adopted a form of government similar to the Western society. And voting is a big part of our own tribal legislation process. When it's time to bring in a new chairman or chairwoman, we all make our way to those voting sites. So it's not that it's an unfamiliar process to us. It's just having an understanding that natives can also engage in outside voting. When you look at the bigger picture, you may see the impacts that have and will affect Native communities when it comes to electing candidates, voting on propositions, bills, etc. So you see, the more engaged Native people are in local, state, and federal voting, the more our concerns and voices get heard. I hope this information was helpful, and I just want to thank Stephanie from the Pima County Recorder's Office, representing the Thana Autumn Nation, for coming into the studio today. All right. Wapugioig. Thank you for tuning in to this month's episode on Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast. <laughs>